Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Catherine Brassel, and today I'll be talking with Priyanka Mirachets, Chief Executive Officer at Nine Payment Service Bank in Nigeria. Nine Payment Service Bank is Nigeria's first fully digital payment service bank operating under approval of the Central Bank of Nigeria. They provide financial inclusion services and initiatives for those with or without banks, offering seamless access to the online and offline digital banking experience. Thank you so much for joining us today, Branka, and for sharing your story with us. We're very excited to have you. Thank you for having me, Catherine. And tell me, how have things been your side and how have things been in Nigeria? <laughs> I would say Nigeria is a very interesting country. It doesn't come without challenges, but mm. uh, I would say I'm managing. It has been a year now, actually, uh, um, since I moved. So, so far, so good. Yeah, we've only heard great things about the country, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to give us a lot of insight throughout this conversation as well. Um, so kicking off, we'd love to know a bit more about your own personal career journey, you know, how you sort of came into the sort of fintech space. And of course, you know, this exciting new venture, which is 9P PSB. So yeah, so let's dive into that. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. So I would say like that my journey uh, has been quite unorthodox, uh, to put it that way. So I started my career some 15 years ago in Europe, in Serbia, working in an Austrian traditional bank. So I spent like nine years there, uh, building my career from the very beginner position, being account manager uh, uh, through through several different positions over the period, uh, over that period. And uh, just before I will leave, uh, I, I held the position of uh, corporate credit risk head. So. Um, once I left Serbia and traditional banking, this, this, that was the time I was um, introduced for the very first time to fintech and what fintech meant. So I moved to Russia, to Moscow, where I had opportunity to actually oversee risk uh, um, spanning, I would say, at the time, 16 markets wow. from Asia to, yes, Russia, Europe, and uh, um, India as well, and some Latin countries. So I learned quite a big deal there. So uh, like before, uh, like by the time of my second year, I think I was covering maybe 30% risk and uh, 70% everything else related to business, which gave Mm. me a great exposure, Mm. you know, to learn everything from sales, from marketing. Uh, uh, I already came, yeah, I already came with some experience in finance uh, that I gained in my previous bank, but uh, in fintech, it's another story, you know, another terminology, all Mm. these new buzzwords like uh, big data, artificial intelligence. We're still all learning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think like, yeah, that was interesting. So uh, I learned a lot there. And um, after spending a few years in Moscow, I moved to to Estonia. That's like Baltic country uh, on the north of Europe. And from uh, Estonia, from Tallinn, I was covering a few countries um, like uh, Finland, uh, Norway, Sweden and Poland. Uh, 
this also gave me a different experience. So literally, I was working on a restructuring plan for the organization. I learned from the first time in my career how to write an equity story for investors. Okay. So uh, I spent some time with, yeah, with that company. Then I moved to Latvia, to Riga. Uh, from there, I covered 11 countries. I cannot name them, <laughs> but uh, they were like spanning also like uh, uh, from from uh, Latin America to 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 Europe. So um, over that period, I actually, uh, as I learned so much and I was holding a position of chief risk officer, I decided that I was ready actually to to take the next step in my career and to build a company on my own. Uh, not necessarily being my company, but of course, working for other shareholders and investors. Mm. So, and that brought me actually, by the time I made a decision two weeks later, this opportunity presented itself. So <laughs> I would say it would be, it, it would have been a mistake, you know, to pass on it. So I just took an opportunity and uh, here I am. No, that's an amazing journey. And I mean, I mean, coming obviously <laughs> yeah. from Eastern Europe, you know, into Africa mm -hmm. and specifically into Nigeria, it must be quite, quite a, quite a different scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But what I'm excited the most about is the opportunity to work for organization that has such a great social objective. Mm. This was one of, the, of my my goals uh, when I decided that I want to take a new opportunity. The next one, actually, I wanted to work within the organization that had yeah. like a social objective. Yes. And I mean, obviously, you know, the unbanked in Nigeria, you know, is a huge social objective um, and, mm -hmm. and that mission for financial inclusion, of course. So, yes. And, and obviously, no doubt comes with its own challenges. Yes, of course. You know, just to shed some light on how big, big a uh, Nigerian market is, let me say that for those who don't know that Nigeria counts to uh, 210 million wow. people with median age of 18 years. Can you imagine that? Yeah, so it's so like young. fast growing, of yeah, course. so young and, and fast growing market. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, sadly, um, as of this moment today, there is only uh, around 50 million of people that are actually banked. So mm -hmm. that means that the, the uh, about 50% of people uh, don't have access or full access to banks product and uh, i believe that uh, some statistics and numbers that uh, that i read says that uh, uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of the population has access to some form of financial services through microfinance digital wallets mm. you know mobile wallets so we classify them as underbanked yes. but we still have about 30 to 35 million of people adults that are completely financially excluded and without um, access to any form of financial services. So I would say that alone presents like a huge, huge market uh, market potential mm. for, you know, uh, uh, institutions like 9PSB. That's amazing. And can you tell mm -hmm. our listeners a little bit, a little bit more about the company itself, what, what you are doing mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. and really how you're selling and packaging what you're doing to consumers? Exactly. Thank you. So um, we actually launched 11 months ago in November of 2020. Mm -hmm. And as, as, I, uh, as I mentioned, we embarked on this journey with specific and dedicated mission. And that mission being 
to transform financial services in Nigeria by providing creative and market-driven solutions that should address the challenges of the financially excluded people. Mm-hmm. So as you, yeah, as you already mentioned, that uh, we are licensed by the central bank. And what is interesting to, to share with your listeners is that uh, the regulatory framework and strategy for financial inclusion has been set by the Central Bank of Nigeria since almost a decade ago. Wow. And uh, yes, exactly. And what happened that there has been so many stakeholders taking various initiatives to achieve that common goal. And however, here we are a decade later, the milestones set along the way haven't been achieved yet. So this is where we come in. So what we did when we when we were defining a 9PSB strategy, we actually tried to perceive how life looks like through the lenses of those who are financially excluded mm. and actually invisible within the system and to the system without any track records, without any possibility to access not not even basic financial services, let alone any form of funding, credits, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, insurance and so mm-hmm. on. So I, I would say that our main team uh, uh, is always to think which problems we can solve for our customers and how will our products and services impact their lives and uh, uh, livelihoods. So, um, and I would say when you mentioned like selling our products, uh, there are many players, you know, and I would say that there are like some notable exceptions, but majority of the industry stakeholders are still mostly focused on delivering the products and services to the banked mm. and those who are financially mm. included and digitally savvy. Uh, and and on one side, you know, it's understandable because it's low-hanging fruit. Um, for sure, it will uh, will ensure quick returns on investments for shareholders. However, given the industry, market, and country specifics, and uh, the approach and the strategy we have undertaken in 9PSB is um, is the model that will ensure the sustainability of the business and mm. long-term value to the shareholders. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me about how we, we pack our, our products, so... Um, we did an extensive market research and planning in the initial phase. You know how they say those who fail the plan are uh, uh, planning to to fail. So we tried it to, yeah. Uh, so we tried it to avoid that. So uh, the challenges we have identified as the, I would say, key obstacles to successful delivery have shaped our uh, go-to-market strategy. So we identified three, I would say, three pillars for our strategy. That's to provide and deliver compelling products, Mm -hmm. access to services, and customer service. Um, So I I, I can share a bit more on on, on each. Uh, You know, uh, we were discussing before how just giving the access to the products doesn't necessarily mean uh, uh, that clients will actually use that that product. Mm. So uh, in order actually to achieve that, uh, we believe that financial literacy has to happen. Yes. So to, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So we were like, um, we we will be uh, uh, soon uh, launching a financial literacy program, and that program will speak to the groups in their familiar languages about structure, features, and benefits of financial industry and uh, financial product and services. So to put it like in practical terms, 
for those who are not very much familiar with, you know, financially inclusions and, and challenges. Like, imagine if you're a woman that I would say has dealt uh, only with cash all her life. And you would probably not have all the relevant information to make an informed decision on what benefits you would get if opening a bank account and mm. becoming part of the formal system. So short term, you would only see it as uh, if you need to hand over your cash to someone and have no direct access to it any longer. So paying for each transaction every time you want to perform it. So from that perspective, it's not a benefit for you. So mm -hmm. how to sell product? So, uh, uh, but when we educate people that when they become part of the system, they will be able to save their money in more, uh, mm -hmm. effect, more effectively, in particular in view of safety and security challenges mm -hmm. in Nigeria, mm -hmm. you know, that Nigerians are, are facing, or that they will be able to access uh, microloans or protect their families through mm -hmm. microinsurances, only then they will start seeing the long-term benefits of having a bank account and using one. And uh, I would say only then they effectively being financially financially included. And how would you say you're driving the change to go from cashless? Because obviously that's a big change in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, how, how things have been done for many, many, many years. Exactly. Exactly. So I would say that um, despite a large number of fintech companies operating on the market, today more than half of Nigerians are still either unbanked or underbanked, as mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. and which means that they're part of the informal sector and cash economy. Yes. Um, I read somewhere like it's it's estimated that about 80% of transactions in Nigeria wow. are still cash-based. That's crazy. So I, I, I would assume that, that this is like very, very uh, um, like strange for people coming from Europe, you yes. know, where, where we are paying like digitally using mm. cards and, you know, online transactions. So we spoke about the challenges and what is what 9PSB is doing to address them from infrastructure, you know, product to customer service. So the solution that we are providing are a start point in the transformation and change from cash to cashless market. And uh, that solution would be ensuring the last mile access is the first step for capturing cash from informal uh, sector. Okay. So what that means in practical terms, that means like securing a physical like points where people will actually, you know, cash in the, their means into the system. So, you know, we, we secure relevant products and uh, uh, by securing those relevant products, we are guaranteeing that there is no major shift in customers' behavior partners, uh, patterns, uh, which would cause rejection in adoption of services. So, but what we want to, to you know, to assure that products that we are offering will make their lives easier, like, and transactions will become more secure and done in a seamless way. So uh, I would say that's like the first uh, the first step, but mm -hmm. it's a gradual process. And yes. sometimes what is important is we don't need to disrupt the market. I would say market in Nigeria is already disrupted mm -hmm. by itself. But what we need to do is um, to bring the solutions and value to unify it and make life for people like easier. So that would be mm -hmm. the first step. 
Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. No, that's amazing. I mean, what you're doing, yeah. it's a huge challenge, but it's its definitely, in you're, you're headed mm-hmm. in the right direction and it will take a bit of time. <laughs> but like you say, I mean, that, that, you know, especially it being a very young market, you know, they're very generally, mm-hmm. they're, they're quicker to adopt the new technology, which is awesome. Yes, but maybe it's important to say, you know, like what I saw, fintech companies and digital banks and traditional banks, we shouldn't compete you know, with each other. Mm. So I have to say that uh, uh, we learned, we have learned a lot from the telco industry here in Nigeria when it comes to effective way yes. of enabling that last mile access to years, the users that I mentioned. And uh, it is, I, I would say that is one of the industries that has most successful, mm. like uh, penetrated in the most remote areas of the country, enabling access to virtually everyone. So if you're familiar with the country, you would know that that there are like infrastructure challenges, that there are like ethnical challenges, you know, language, different languages across the country. So the, the what telcos in Nigeria did, they basically, you know, created this business model that reached every corner mm. of Nigerians to cover it from infrastructure away. So we uh, we often say here in, in, in like in 9PSB that we are selling our products through telco-like delivery model. So apart from being mm. a fintech, I would say that we are creating um, kind of like a new niche, which can, which can call, you know, which we can call fintel. You know, delivering Fintel. financial services. <laughs> yeah, Fintel delivering financial services through telco distribution no. channels. So we created a new buzzword. Like, you know, <laughs> Amazing. Like yeah, no, yeah. I'm sure that's going to take off. I'd like to just go back. I know you spoke a lot about your risk. You know your your risk background. Um, you mm-hmm. know, obviously in in banking, and mm-hmm. and obviously more than a decade of experience. Uh, you know, in the risk sector, mm-hmm. how has that shaped your approach to creating what you spoke about earlier in terms of shareholder value? Oh, Catherine, I love that question. I'm very proud of my career, like as as, as chief risk officer, and um, I, I always like to say that you know, contrary to popular belief, risk function actually isn't a barrier for business growth. I would say it's rather one of the of its main drivers. So what we can see that, you know, like over the past several years with the development and increase of alternative data sources, uh, we were able to apply machine learning algorithms in a more predictive way to approve, you know, larger population of customers when it comes to microloans mm-hmm. and to drive innovation in fintech space. And, uh, you know, these innovations driven by risk function people basically enabled enabled many more processes to be automated, you know, leading ultimately to the decrease in, in OPEX, driving smart champion challenger strategies and ultimately resulting in in optimized return on investment. So 
to summarize it, I would say being a CEO with risk background, um, I would say provide me, um, provides me with a unique perspective on all the aspects mm-hmm. that maximize shareholder value. Um, just as business and development is important in creating value, so is proper funding planning, global operational processes, optimization, and operational risk management. And I would say that only when each of these components have been optimized and aligned can shareholder value be maximized. And anything else, I would say, is just, you know, work half done. No, that's amazing. And I mean, also, obviously, you're a female in fintech and you're a CEO. <laughs> I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Um, because I mean, like ourselves as well, we're on a mission to kind of close mm-hmm. that gender gap. So how are you kind of, you know, as a female, as you know, in, in a senior level now, of course, and mm-hmm. um, sort of spearheading a lot of change and, and, and reducing that gender gap? How are you sort of driving this female in fintech? Females in fintech. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a hot topic. I would say in the last the last few years, and uh, uh, I'm a feminist, but I became like more vocal maybe only in the last few years. I had a joke before, and I hope nobody will will you know uh, uh, take this wrongly way. But very often when people ask me how I select, uh, you know, my my staff and employees, I say that I don't discriminate as long as my candidate is a woman. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, no, 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 but, but on a serious note, that's just a joke. Of course, experience, <laughs> knowledge, and, and everything else, you know, it, it, uh, it goes without saying it's, it's needed, it's requirement. But on a serious note, I would say that um, 9PSB is a building a diverse and uh, equal opportunity corporate culture. And um, uh, we focus on all employees to provide them with enabling environment. So when it comes to this, uh, to closing the gender gap, we consider it being graduate process, much like uh, the financial inclusion we just, you know, talked about. So it will take the time, I would say, and consolidated efforts on many levels, um, both internally, like in, in this company, 9PSB that I'm running currently, as well as the support of external shareholders or stakeholders, I would say, so to achieve that milestone. And um, I have to share that I'm very proud to say that so far, 80% of 9PSB top management are female. Wonderful. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, majority of the company... We are fintech, so we are like, uh, you know, technology-based institutions. So, of course, the majority of people working in, in IT are, are you know, like uh, uh, male populations. So I would say it will take some time to cascade this across various departments. Um, and as such, we are taking uh, concerted efforts to bring that, you know, to bridge that gap. So, but um, maybe I would also like to point out uh, that we are not doing this just like uh, uh, internally when it comes to 9 PSBS organization. Mm-hmm. So along with these internal efforts, uh, uh, by virtue of providing financial product and services tailored to women mm-hmm. and user group that consists majorly of women, we are actually enabling a much broader female base to start their journey of empowerment. So we are also focused, this is one of our like corporate objectives. Mm. So I would say that, you know, through financial services, uh, many of, of uh, women uh, become empowered to have 
easier access to funding, to education, mm-hmm. to health care. And all this will ultimately result in larger number of women being ready for, you know, challenges when it comes to career and girls preparing to enter the workforce. Mm. And I like to believe that this will result result in other employers on the market, not just 9PSB, you know, being able to choose their employees from a larger pool of female talents. Mm. So to sum it up, I would say that our efforts are directed two ways. So the first one, you know, leading by example to bridge the gap internally as an organization through various initiatives. And number two, supporting economy growth and promoting the sustainable business model that will empower women. No, that's that's absolutely fantastic. And I think our listeners are going to be excited to sort of watch watch you guys, see how things unfold, of course. And um, yeah, and then perhaps we can connect in a few more months because it's obviously happening at quite a pace. And we really wish you all the very best, particularly in terms of your driving financial literacy within Nigeria and adoption, um, you know, of all the services that you that you offer. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. I would be glad to share like it. I would like to say that uh, even though we started 11 months ago, we were like flying under the radar Mm. during this period, you know, and just setting up the stage uh, and foundation, laying out our infrastructure, covering all the states across Nigeria and uh, results are yet to come. So it would be great to talk in a few months to talk numbers and to share what we have achieved, you know. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Monica, for all of this. And please let us know if our listeners would like to get hold of you. What is the best way for them to connect with you? Oh, I'm, I'm active on, on LinkedIn, so they can find me on LinkedIn. Brilliant. And yeah, I think that's, that's the best way. Brilliant. Well, we'll have all of your details uh, in the links below. But thank you so much for mm-hmm. your time and we wish you all the very best. And we're certainly going to watch you over the next coming months and, and, and see all of that growth happening. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your fintech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.